if there is a problem, they get that deal. That's how it works. That's why you don't need to bring a down payment to the table. The equity in the deal itself is juicy enough that they hope you don't keep your promise. But you can't get the money unless you fulfill that. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski and I'm here with Francesco Galuccio and Gabriel Areisha. Gabriel is uh, now a Florida native and uh, Frank is white as a ghost. Compared to the last time we did a podcast, you were like brown and golden. You're the Italian god. And now you're Casper the Friendly Ghost. You had the Florida residues last time. Yes, it was nice. You were turning me on a little bit, Frank. It was uh, pretty exciting. (laughs) So today we're uh, actually interesting. We talk about this topic because we've kind of discussed it before on how to take care of lenders first. And we had a, uh, I'm going to say an altercation. I'll be, I don't think it was that escalated, but let's just say that there's a, uh, a student of mine that's fairly heated because they're not able to get uh, f- financing for their property. And I thought I would openly discuss this because I think it's important for all to understand that there are rules and boundaries and regulations around this and also my reputation, not just for one person, but also my entire lending community. Understand that if we structure a deal that is a bad deal, deal or poorly put together or the due diligence hasn't been done and I bless it and someone puts in their money or an institution or an individual which on smaller deals under a hundred thousand generally we use retirement money or my money or Frank's money or Gabe's money Gabe has more money than he knows what to do with so he would love to lend money on an asset that is at 30% off that if someone doesn't make a payment he gets it to make an 18 19 20% return absolutely we all want to do that so there has to be some boundaries around that and that's what we're going to discuss today because no matter how badly you want to deal it doesn't matter because if it's not a deal that protects everyone involved in the deal it's not all about you as the borrower it's actually about the whole team doing good business together and that's what we're going to tackle today if you have not listened i'm saying this a little bit late in the game but if you have not listened to the first 10 episodes on asset-based lending and the processes that we have in place so you never have to use your own money again as long as you do it responsibly and do it the right way then i highly recommend that you watch those first 10 episodes and of course share this like it love it share it subscribe we're always looking to uh, build our our subscriber base so pretty excited to have this discussion today on those that think they're doing everything they're supposed to do in order to get financed for an asset for asset-based lending but actually do the complete opposite and it's going to be an interesting discussion on something that we hear a lot we're going to play that interview on the very next podcast so don't miss it we're going to be having a conversation around an interview that i did with a I'm going to call it offender number one. We're going to be discussing that conversation we had yesterday, was yesterday, and then in the next podcast, you can actually listen to it and uh, you'll understand exactly what we're talking about. So don't miss the next podcast. Okie dokie. So Frank, uh, give us a quick snapshot. 
In two minutes. Oh, a two-minute version. A two-minute version. That's okay. Frank, Frank two minutes? <laughs> yeah. or Frank two minutes. Uh, uh, Frank I'll two go minutes. Take you're going to go take a nap. Okay, I'll try to be brief uh, since you're going to insert our conversation with offender number one uh, into this podcast. But yeah, I, I started talking with the, the student, helping them out with the process, not only to get the property under contract, with the due diligence. So we have a specific process for due diligence. He went down to due diligence items, but the problem is he was just gathering. So he was gathering information. He didn't get all the in all the items. So he had to pivot and get substitutional alternative items to satisfy our requirements in the contract. So he was just gathering, but he wasn't looking at the material being provided very closely in terms of the discrepancies between we say trust but verify that's that's like a that's like a commandment right we look at a bank statement and if the bank statement shows a certain amount each month is being deposited we're going to match that up with the rent roll and if it doesn't match up which in this case i don't think every not one month matched up it was very difficult to prove where's this money coming from are they just is just just a personal account which we suspect it was it was a mom and pop operation so which is fine that's 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 typical but you still need to verify the income of the deposits and i think this one had a, a section eight where the government subsidized someone's rent uh, because of uh, due to you know financial hardship so that's very specific it was a specific check that 407 dollars. i'm going to share the number there you that's, go 407 dollars yeah. that went in we couldn't locate that deposit you know for and typically it's a direct deposit typically i mean they, yeah. I, they, i've never heard of a check being sent maybe that's something that can be done but i know in my case all section eight is a direct deposit yeah. so it happens so it, but, but oh, sorry. sorry to interrupt you, Frank. Yeah. Sorry. But just in the interest of time, that $407 deposit is a check that needed to be deposited at one point since it is a government issued check. It can't just be cashed. It has to be deposited. At and least in six the base, months. At least, right? And there should, there's not one $407 deposit in any of the bank statements that are there. So when I question the student in question, where is this money? And the answer is, well, I gathered the information like you said I should. So the responsibility is not to gather the information. It's to actually verify the information, just like Frank was saying. Just because you have the information, you have to know what to do with it. And if it was your money, and it was your money that you worked hard for, that you're lending out, just think of it this way. And all you have to know is, are the rents being collected? Yes or no. And if they are, can you prove it? And if there's a check for $407 that is never deposited for the last six months, where is it? It's a government check. Why is it hidden? It doesn't make any sense. So that was the first red flag. Frank, sorry, go ahead, go. No, no, it's okay. Uh, so that was one one of the red flags. So like I said, he was just gathering but not analyzing the information as we teach how to do it. Because any lender, whether they're asset-based or even financial institution lenders, they're going to look at information and verify because it's their money. They got fiduciary responsibilities to their lenders or their partners that are putting money into it. And they don't want to risk that, obviously, because you're going to be out of business very quick. Also, there was there was other issues. I have a big phobia with, with small towns, only because I dabbed into that before. It's not in the big uh, city. By all means, it's in actually in a town. So for me, that's a red flag, only because it's going to be hard to get management, tradesmen, and people on, on boots on that property. Also, there's a declining population there. So if there's no driving force, like an employment source going there, like an Amazon or whatever, or any employment going to that town, what's happening is 
over time, the people that are there, you know, the generation, it's going to be declining. And they had an actual minus 2.5 population decrease in 2020. There's no stats on 2021. Maybe they didn't go out there. They didn't think it's worth it. I don't know. But so declining population, no market driver. What's going to happen? There's going to be a lot of inventory there, which is another red flag for me. And if there's no employment there, tradesmen's plumbers electricians managers they're not going to go there so you would have to get them from afar pay 125 dollars for them to drive in which i had to do on one of my properties just for a plumber to come in it's very specific 126 dollars yes. well, whatever 126 per hour <laughs> i just whatever it's 100 and something but That's if funny. they're driving an hour back and forth there goes whatever 200 300 yeah, dollars just to drive in. yeah that. yeah so just to hit so. the pause button here so we have a small population which actually i don't care i have a lot of assets in smaller areas that are doing very well thank you very much as long as it's managed correctly right so let's talk about that real quick so before we do that i'll let gabe chime in on this one so we have a unverifiable rents we have one lease one lease there are estoppel letters that's a basically a, a form that both the um, the landlord and the tenants sign now the issue with a an estoppel letter and i've had this happen before is anyone can sign that right and if you close on the property and they all leave the day after it's that's that can happen it's not guaranteeing your rents for the future you have no cause for you know for for anything it's it's and it's in a state where it's fairly difficult to get rid of tenants and that's the next issue that that also frank brought up yesterday when we were talking to this um offender number one and it's not really offender number one it's offender number 10,614 this is actually quite common so the incident yesterday in particular um incited us to do this podcast today so if the rents aren't verifiable right we're saying yesterday frank sorry i lost my train of thought there is what if nobody's paying at all so if we can't verify the income and the thing that the one check that we know is actually being collected isn't being deposited what about the other stuff mm-hmm. you know and there's two people from the same last name that are living in two different apartments so there's you know there's family and if one leaves everyone leaves which is exactly what frank said yesterday i'm basically frank gave me all the goodies to talk about today so thank you frank <laughs> and it's uh there's a lot of little red flags And next is, how the hell are you going to manage this thing? And we had specifically asked, I know, Frank, you did, because you were handling this individual, is you need three management companies to have gone, checked it out, seen it, said, yes, I'm ready to go. And yes, I am prepared to manage this. And yes, I am ready to take this on right now. And And that's the key thing, willing and able. Yes. That's the whole thing, willing and able. Which we have a whole podcast on. So this isn't something new that we're telling you here. This is something that is, it's part of the process, especially when you're buying, you know, from out of state i mean i i do this even if i were buying next door but the fact that this isn't in the city where the student is is living that's something that's super necessary like you need that you need someone else to take care of the property and you need more than one that are willing and able to because again even if you have one and maybe they suck maybe they're not good at what they do maybe they start stealing from you okay great so we fire them but if there's nobody else to take their place then what and if there's only two then the second one you're you know they they know there's only two so now you're at the mercy of this second property management company or person and then you're you're done with you're you become their bitch and when when you're supposed to be just you know you're the one who's supposed to be managing this and making sure that this property is generating you income but also your your supporting cast which are your lenders and your investors right and, and you're going to be in the same boat that uh, Freya was, uh, who's out of Hong Kong, a student of mine. She bought a an eight mm. unit, and I told her not to, and she used her own money. I told her not to, because on paper, it was making you know a 32% return. 
and she bought it and sold it at a $50,000 loss because she couldn't get it managed. And I told her not to do it. But just because I tell you something to do it doesn't mean you're actually going to do it. Well, so there's another alternative where they can just move there. Well, but, but, from Hong but, Kong, I don't think so. Well, but but yeah, but exactly. No, Kong, then you're buying yeah. a job. You're buying a job to manage an eight unit. Not going to happen. But yeah. to that point, I asked offender number one, I'm actually, I want to help you. Like, I want to lend. I really have, I have money that's just sitting there rotting. I want to make money on it. So give me the information that I need. And I think we got to a sort of understanding as to what he has to do next in order mm-hmm. to get to uh, to the cash. And he said, listen, I have three management companies ready to go. And I said, great, send me over the three management companies that you have so I can talk to them and get you know a landscape of the deal because they've seen it according to this person and I'm ready to go. And this morning I get an email with a Facebook link to go check out the management company and two websites. No contact information, no phone number, nothing. So what does that tell you? No email exchanges between the two. Nothing. I got a Facebook link and two. So it's going back to our point. Offender, number one, is just gathering and they're not analyzing. They're not calling. So they just got, you can go on Google and and, or Facebook. For the listener, for for your benefit here, because a third party listener listening to this right now, if I'm you, I'm like, well, the signs are clear here. why, Why is this offender or student going you know still pushing for this to move forward and not doing anything and it goes to something we we talk about a lot and it's very clear that he's married to the deal and he's not married to the process here he's he's and he's married to this deal and and that's the only reason and that's why as a third party looking out this is our role whether coaches mentors helpers even as friends to make sure that we remove that emotional side from it in order to, to show the facts. And this is why, as a listener, you're probably saying, well, this guy is crazy. He's not crazy. This is just, it's a symptom of, of being so close to a deal that you can feel it almost or touch it and you can see the cash coming in without taking into account the potential cliff that's right around the corner that we're trying to uh, demonstrate. Well, you said this, uh, I think, before we just before we started uh, shooting this, is how well do you think this individual is going to do in this property if yeah. that is the level of understanding commitment and I effort. Guess clar- effort really yeah on how to manage managers yeah i see a train wreck but i got it could be wrong i, I don't want to you know uh look no we don't know but this is just uh what do we call it it's an intuition based on what you're seeing i mean it's it's almost it's unfair to judge at this point but you can speculate at what's coming around and because it it's feels not ne- like yeah no, sorry, that's yeah, right. it's not negligence. it's not negligence because we're telling them and you know he's he's got a process that you know marco laid out in the curriculum it, it there's there's a process so it's not negligence it's now it's i don't even want to call it laziness it's just i don't know it's uh well yeah i know people get anxious and they want to get into a deal and they're married to the deal and you know they can smell it touch it whatever but you know we've had we've seen students that get into the deal and we say don't get into the deal you're gonna end up losing money so the purpose to get into the deal is to have cash flow but then they have negative cash flow like okay like that individual in hong kong but we had someone else in michigan the same thing we said don't do it don't do it don't Mm. do it and they're bleeding money each month they are it's almost like we know what we're talking about yes (laughs) just a little bit (laughs) yeah it is like almost we know what we're doing and we can predict the future now i want to play devil's advocate for a second i want to be offender number one's voice because his 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 position is i've done everything that i'm supposed to do marco I asked the seller for these documents. I asked the seller for verification. I asked the seller, you say, ask for these things. And guess what? I asked for them. 
And the response I got from the seller is, well, I don't have them. I gave you everything that I have. And the seller wants to bail in the deal because he's not closing, right? I gave you everything I have and you're not giving me the money. So I'm going to go find someone else to give me the money. So I want to have this discussion because this is a very common, very common discussion that I have constantly with uh, my followers. So once again, I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. The seller gave me everything they have. And since you're not giving me the money, I'm going to rip up this contract and go find someone else to sell it to. I know that this is a, a recording that we've, we've heard many times. So let's have that fun discussion real quick. Yeah, so let's let's start with the the contract. I mean, that's that's where it all begins is a signed agreement. So, you know, you got to read the agreement and I guess the sequence is you prepare the agreement, send it over to the seller, the seller will read it, agree with it and sign it or send you back, you know, a redline version or ask for changes and then eventually both parties agree to the agreement with signatures and that's what that's what happens. So, from there, each party has responsibilities. And the seller's responsibilities are to provide the information that they said they would according to the agreement. So in student's case, he's got to go down that list, all the items that are in the agreement and say, hey, did I get this? Did I get this? Did I get this? And did I get that? And clearly, based on our discussions, that didn't happen. So the student's response is, well, they gave me everything they have, because that's what you said, right, Mark? We said they gave me everything that they have. Yes. Well. That's irrelevant in the context because what they're supposed to provide you with is what they said they would provide you with. They had a chance to read the agreement. They saw what was required. They decided that this is something that they can provide. So they were okay with signing it because if they weren't okay with providing it, they would have pushed back and said, hey, we don't have this. We don't have this. This is what we have. This is what we're prepared to give you. If you're okay with it, then we can sign the agreement. If not, then you know we'll, we'll happily uh, walk away and part ways as friends. But they signed the agreement. And they said that they would provide these things. So now they are, uh, they have to provide these things. And even as the student, I, I know this is a discussion we've had multiple times with different students. And I think we may have even discussed it on a podcast at one point, but you know, not having certain items does not excuse you from not providing them or not having to provide them. You've agreed to provide something you have to you have to provide them this is the same thing and and i know mark we discussed this i think maybe yesterday's is when you go and, and apply for a loan at the bank or ask for money at a bank they say well we need your tax returns or your financial statements we need a letter of employment and you know we need xyz well if you show up and say well i only have this year's tax return and i have a letter of employment here it is give me my loan will the bank give you the loan well they're going to go through their checklist and say well we're still missing this this and that yeah well that's all i have are you going to get the money? And I think if you're listening to this, you're probably shaking your head and saying, of course not. Well, then why is this any different? It's the exact same thing. You have an agreement. One party said, we're going to provide you with this. And our responsibility or the buyer's responsibility in this case, the student's responsibility is once he gets all this information, then he's going to close on the property and give them their money. That's the agreement here. You give me X if x you know i have to have a period of, of time to review x and if i'm content then we close and you get your money in this case the items were not provided so how, how is it that the student expects to fulfill their part of the agreement if they can't and that's a discussion that needs to happen with the seller here and unfortunately it's getting pushed back on or the student is pushing back himself against his own contract versus enforcing the agreement so he's basically arguing against himself 
I'm going to have Frank talk about this, but he said this is offender number one is not taking responsibility in making sure that they're underwriting the deal correctly, because that's ultimately what you're doing is you're collecting the data, verifying that what was broadcast is true and proving that the income is there to a lender that will give you the money, because if if there is a problem, they get that deal, right? That's how it works. That's why you don't need to bring a down payment to the table. Your The equity in the deal itself is juicy enough that they hope you don't keep your promise. But you can't get the money unless you fulfill that. So, Frank, I'm giving you all the credit on this one because it, it, it's 100% nail on the head, bullseye on that. And the interesting part is, is that... I got an email because we have a ticketing system, so I, I don't get very many emails. And it's like, are you going to fund the deal? Are you going to fund the deal? Are you going to fund the deal? Hey, guys, fund the deal, fund the deal, fund the deal, fund the deal. Where's my money? Where's my money? Like demanding funding on this asset. And it just, this one rubbed me the wrong way more than usual for some reason. So Frank, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you go down that rabbit hole so I don't start losing my mind. No, I, well, uh, <laughs> I get it. But yeah, the student did come back because the onus somehow shifted to you marco like you're a lender i do lend as well i lent once and you know i learned my lesson on that one not proper dd is done what could happen and, and the worst happened and you never want any lender doesn't want to go through that whether you're institution or not it's a shitty feeling so but going back to where yeah he started putting the onus on us to find him financing for this for this property which the financing is there that's not the problem the financing is there but all the elements according to the agreement as as uh, as gabe alluded to they weren't all received and once they were received they weren't all analyzed where they don't make any sense so if they're received and they don't make any sense and they're not verified then how can possibly someone take out a checkbook and finance this only because he wants to get into it so i did see some ugly in there which is like you know the owner shouldn't be on us to find any student any funding we will share our network with them. But like, as you said, Marco, we're not going to bless a deal and introduce the student to an asset-based lender only to go self. And because that's going to be shitty, not only for, for you for blessing the deal, but it, it may affect other students that do follow the process and do trust and verify and get all the DD items that they do need as per a contract. I, I've been on a contract and listen, he's getting pressure because the seller is saying, hey man, if you don't close, I'm going to rip this up and move on and sell it to someone else. Well, the sad truth is they can't do that. Okay. They can't do that. They're in non-performance. I've been through this twice. I'm still in one of them over four and a half years, which I think is in the recording that you're going to show it. So four and a half years, they have to meet their obligations as per the agreement. And if they don't, they're in breach and there's remedies to, to get around that. Or we tie up, you know, we tie up the property until they give us what we well, need. Well, that's the remedy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think we have a podcast on that as well. I believe we do. Maybe we mm -hmm. don't. And maybe we should, but maybe we won't because it's secret, secret sauce stuff as well. So a lot of things here. We have a lot of, we're going all, a little bit all over the place, but at the end of the day, offender number one has contract. Offender number one has an agreement that says the seller will provide all these documents to verify income. That's why we have all these documents. Once we receive these documents is when our due diligence actually begins, allowing us to get funding and financing. If we have not received these documents, how are we supposed to fund? But that's not what happened. Agreement okayed, and it's a really good deal, by the way. You know, Over a 15% return on paper in the air. You know, it's a really good deal. Let's close it. But where's management? Where's verifiable income? Where's the $407 from a government 
a government check that's never deposited into any account, right? So you have all these things that are stacking up. Where's the number of the management company that you said that was ready to go? Not a Facebook page. I want the actual, if you spoke to someone, you should have a phone number, right? No number. So there's a lot of things that are not checking out. And when all these things stack up and the student or offender number one starts wanting to attack me, which is kind of what happened. And this, I think, why it was impacted me so much. You know, I'm, I'm going to write Marco a bad review because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And I lost my mind at that point, because if you don't take responsibility and doing your due diligence and we have it all mapped out step by step by step in fact because of that incident we reshot a whole bunch of videos didn't we guys yeah. and we actually you i'll do a quick plug um you know you guys are are putting a you know a done for you due diligence thing where if they want help on due diligence they can we'll put a link in this in the show notes you know how they can get plugged in so you can get assistance with that in any market at any point and any time uh, you need to figure out due diligence it's important you want to buy the right asset you don't want to buy just to buy it you want to buy knowing it's going to take care of you forever so yeah we'll find a way to uh, to get that you know integrated into whatever systems and processes you already have in your existing business or in the future business that you might want so due diligence is important understanding the power of your agreement is important and not blame everyone else around you for something that you're not doing not taking responsibility and just blaming everyone else is if that's how you're operating you're not going to make any money for a very long time because the level of integrity that we have frank many years ago had some money he wanted to place i had a deal and i blessed it I'll share this with you in the recording that we had with um, offender number one. And when you see the next podcast, uh, you'll be able to listen to that interview that I did with offender number one and see how it was handled. So don't miss the next podcast. I'll share this with you in the recording that we had with um, offender number one. And Frank lost his money. I paid him back personally because I blessed the deal. I didn't want to lose Frank as a lender and the relationship because that relationship is more important to me than the money. So if a that's a level of commitment I have with the lenders that I associate myself with. Because if you are not, if I say yes to a deal, it means I would do it myself. And obviously it's, you know, buyer beware or do your own due diligence, but he trusted me enough to do it. And I just didn't want to lose that response, that, uh, as I said, that relationship. And that's how I want to treat my tribe. Right. And that's how Frank wants to do business. And that's how Gabe wants to do business. We all want to do business with complete integrity. I don't know if you guys want to wrap this up, but in the end, you nailed it. And, and I do thank you for, you know, that that dark time in, in, in our past. Um, well, it was, it was more darker for money. me than darker than darker for you. You got made whole. Well, again, going back to the purpose is you want to make money, whether you're buying a property as that residual income or you're using your own money to lend another property. and You're still making residual income. But when you get into something just to get into something and you're losing money, which in my case, I lost money. Thankfully, Marco made me whole. And, and I do appreciate that for, for him doing that because he didn't have to do that. In the end, it may not seem, offender uh, number one may not seem like we're doing them a favor, but we truly are. We're passionate about what we do. We want to see the students succeed and we don't want them go into, like I, I said, if we see a train wreck, we're going to tell you, don't go down this path. Because as much as you want to, you know, escape your your day-to-day -day job or whatever your why is, uh, getting into a bad deal, you're taking 
steps backwards and that's not the purpose why you get into this program like you know with marco's program or any other program to advance yourself not to go back sometimes i get you got to go back to start over again but you don't want to go back financially to start over again especially after you you invest the time and money to get into where you are today and also if a lender loses money on one deal they don't want to lend on any others so that we're actually going to be good so you know one bad apple can spoil a lot and again it comes back to Taking responsibility and really not just doing the steps, but understanding why you're doing the steps and understand that it's not all about you. If you have a great deal, the deal should fund itself. It has nothing to do with you, but you have to build a case as to why this deal is so good. And if I can't verify income, if I can't, if you can't show me that the money's being deposited and collected, if you can't show me that there's actual management that is ready, willing, and able and have a conversation with them at least to say, hey, tell me more about this property. And all you have is, here's the Facebook page, nuh-uh. This is not acceptable. So it's it's really important for uh, you as the uh, the borrower to protect the lender. And one day you will be a lender. Just know that if you do things right, most of my lenders are students. <laughs> you know, I won't say most at the smaller level, at the bigger level that you know those are more institution. But anything that's in you know under a hundred thousand. We use, you know, we use tribe money. It's easy to get and they understand the process. They know what to look for and it's passive income. You know, if you get money and you don't need money to buy deals, you might as well lend on deals and that, you know, what goes around comes around. So it's cool. It's a really neat ecosystem that's been built over 22 years. So that's all I got to say about that. So don't miss the next podcast where we're going to be playing the interview of what we're discussing now. And it'll be very interesting for you to listen to this, listen to the next podcast, and then come back and listen to this again, where you can reference things. I think it would be a, a really neat case study for you to take a look at as to what needs to be done in order to really get deals funded. Put the student in the witness protection program and do whatever I have to do to hide faces and names and maybe even the voice. Might have some fun with that. And yeah, that's that. So guys, you know, like it, love it, share it, subscribe, comment, please. And if there's anything that you want to uh, hear us discuss, talk about, hash around on these podcasts, please let us know. Always wanting to give the best possible content. And I know that if you just apply this information and get the help that you need on applying it perfectly, uh, you will crush, you will never have financial problems again because money is a result of helping and solving problems. And we have a lot of ways of solving folks problems whether it be lenders that need to deploy cash quickly on the right asset and sellers that need to sell the property quickly in exchange for an in exchange for equity and we're just putting those two things together that's all we're doing is you want money you'll need to use money let's put these together and we make the spread and that's that easy and if you do that with the right assets we're going to make more money in a, in a year than most do in a month and that's really what we want for everyone because i believe it's your destiny to be successful but our choice to fail on what we do every single day with our time so with that again like it love the chair appreciate you boys very much and we'll see you on the next podcast this is marco kozlowski saying cha ciao for now If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to GetDealsByTuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, 
This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. 